Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. My name is Ella. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, And for people who don't know, I've been in the program a really long time. I've been here since June of 1982 uh, when I crawled in utterly devastated and with nothing, nothing more I could possibly do to try and deal with food. And the knowledge that I was powerless and I was an addict, that was the best news I ever heard in my life because I'd spent so many years in every single kind of therapy, on every single kind of diet, trying to figure out what was the matter, what was the key, when was this gonna go away, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I'd love to say that, you know, after realizing that I didn't have to struggle, but I did many, many, for a long time, go in and out. And uh, I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time talking about me because this is a time of year when we focus usually on gratitude and we focus on the 11th step. So I thought I'd like to talk about some of that as, as I have experienced it, because when I came in, you know, they said, take what you like and leave the rest. And the rest that I was leaving was any mention of the G-O-D word. Like that was just, forget that. Uh, been there, done that, don't wanna have anything to do with it. And people said, that's okay. You just do what you can. And, and over the years, I've had many uh, incarnations of higher power. And um, <clears throat> some of them are really pretty funny. And I really feel that I relate to, I'll just call it God, because I don't really like the word higher power either. <laughs> um, I relate to God as some kind of wise counsel or who's around when I can't figure, when I'm just at my wit's end, which is actually a frequent place I am. And, and it can be anything, you know, it's just like, where are the keys once again? And, you know, and I would go around the house ranting and screaming and saying, God, where are the keys? And God's saying, hey, take it easy, would you please? Uh, I didn't hide them. And uh, it's, it's good. So one of the things I've been thinking about a little bit is that, you know, we always have this thing where we talk about gratitude and gratefulness. And if you do a gratitude list, and if you have a grateful heart, you won't eat. And it's, um, you know, there is actually truth in it, but it's also become horrifically trendy. And I I hate it when things become horrifically trendy. And in this program and sitting in this room is the person who told me many, many years ago to stop trying to be grateful and just notice when I was. And 
And I've come up with the sense that appreciation, service, these are all real, I mean, actually appreciation above most things is just such an expression and it's very immediate, it's direct, it isn't a big noun. Um, so I like it and there's always something to appreciate, it's true. Especially if you live with a cat, it's a very, it's a very good source of, of daily appreciation. Um, but I was thinking about that because a lot of the times we read this, you know, and we read the 11th step and it says it's going to quiet our mind and it's going to give us spiritual nourishment. And, and that doesn't always look like what I think, or maybe some people think it's supposed to look like, you know, like I will be at peace, I will sit still and my thoughts will just waft over me like little wisps of cloud. And, um, and I, I really have come to understand that my mind, my thoughts, my emotions, they're not really under my direct control. And if you meditate long enough and consistently enough, pretty soon the ability to just stay focused on the breath, you know, or focused on something, is, it's, not, it's not easy. And, it, and for me, it has to be all right. It has to be all right that things are not easy. It has to be all right that sometimes I'm in a terrible mood. And I, that doesn't mean I get to inflict it on other people or <clears throat> think that, it's just like, I can't think there's something wrong because I feel bad. I mean, I don't, this, I don't know if this is a program or not, but I feel that any idea of spiritual fitness that excludes the possibility that I might have a bad day that's just impossible. Um, and I remember somebody calling me and saying they didn't feel very spiritually fit. And I said, well, what was going on? And then she talked about the things in her life. And any one of those things would have caused most people to go out and buy an automatic assault weapon. I mean, it was just awful. And the idea that she would only have been spiritually fit if she wasn't upset and I said, well, have you hit your kids? No. You know, have you screamed at your coworkers? No. It seems like you're very spiritually fit in that case. And it's just that level of accepting for me um, that I'm still a human being. And as a human being, I'm subject to moods. I'm subject to disturbance. I'm subject to all kinds of emotions. And it doesn't mean there's something wrong. What becomes the problem, and I noticed it last night when I was getting very upset about something, and I thought, and I started to think, well, well, I have to do something about this. I have to make this decision. I'm going to call all the different people I know and my family, and I'm going to get their opinion, and I'm going to, yeah, yeah. And then I thought, oh, I remember this. I'm trying to make a decision so I don't have to feel uncomfortable. And any decision I make under those circumstances is not going to be a well thought out or a good decision. So the idea being that I could place this problem and this decision in the God box, that maybe that's the most thing I'm doing to turn it over and, and just say, well, I will just sit around for a while and see what happens, or I'll continue to ask for clarity and I'll be patient.
I'll be patient because there will be an answer and there is an answer that isn't necessarily always the perfect answer. And, you know, most of us have gotten where we are in life. I was listening today to Father Tom talk and he said that he doesn't do his good spiritual work when he's comfortable. He does it when he's uncomfortable. And that if he's not uncomfortable, he's not really growing. And that, you know, the idea that there will be peace, love, understanding, and tranquility because I meditate, this, I'm not trying to be cynical. It just doesn't help me. Um, and I get into really uh, false expectations of what a life is. And to me, it's kind of like those, you know, the old fashioned wedding vows for better or worse in sickness and in health. Um, and that's, I have to be willing to have a relationship with God in sickness and in health for better or worse in good weather in a storm. Because if I'm not, you know, and if I'm gonna just say I'm grateful for, and I have a transactional list, I'm grateful I have a house, I'm grateful I have a car, I'm grateful I have, all those things are absolutely, you know, they're subject to destruction and change. They're not anything. So I can't just be grateful for. It's like, there's a way of saying, I mean, can be grateful by, for being abstinent. That is just like beyond the pale. Um, that, you know, that's the biggest thing that ever happened in my life, I think. And I guess it's almost like, I said this last night at a meeting and I feel like, oh, maybe I'm ashamed to say, you know, people would say, well, what were you doing with those 30 years where you don't seem to have a very um, beefed up CV here? And uh, where were you all that time? Well, I was in a meeting. I was doing my darndest not to keep on slipping into darkness with the food. And, <clears throat> and maybe it's enough. And someone once said that to me, she said, is it enough to be a member of a 12 step program, to be in recovery, to be of service to others, to be, try to be kind, to just be, I don't know. And so I feel like, I guess my message is, um, you know, knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. It's, it's pretty great that we are looking for not, that someone else has knowledge or guidance for me. And that's usually what I talk about uh, instead of God's will, God's guidance, God's love. What does that have for me? Because, you know, I get up and I don't know whether I should, uh, I don't know, sweep the floor, look at the email, go out for a walk, uh, wash the dishes from last night. And what would we have for breakfast? It's like, uh, well, what's the thing that's going to result in the most balance and tranquility? And that often I might know what God's will isn't more likely than I might know what God's will is. And also I feel that a God to me is like the best possible kind of parent that lets me make my own mistakes, is there to pick up and, you know, kiss the boo-boo if it's necessary. And 
can always just be relied upon to have um, some words of comfort, some sense of some sense of possibility. And um, this is not program, but one of the things I've always appreciated, I don't know where it comes from, um, probably, but it's like, God will make a way where there is no way. And that's always very important to me because my mind only usually sees the rock in the hard place. It does not see the opening. And I need to know that there is an opening and that sooner or later, it will appear for me. And <clears throat> so I feel that, that in a sense, a finally meditation is a way that I get to know who I am, what I'm thinking, what's happening. And by knowing me, I'm also knowing able to make a connection with a higher power because I don't have to stand in the way so much. So I hope I've said something of use to someone. Uh, it's good for me to reflect on these things. And it is good to me to remember how much I appreciate all of you who have been here for a little time, for a long time, who continue to come back and <clears throat> who are a sense of comfort to me all the time. So thank you very much.